The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to elevate your content strategy. Joining us is Jeffrey Hazlett, a primetime television host, a podcast host, a global business celebrity, a speaker, a best-selling author, and the chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network, which is the home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders. And today, Jeffrey and I are going to discuss how to act like a media company. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jeffrey Hazlett, the CEO of the C-Suite Network. Jeffrey, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Very excited to have you here. You are a man of many talents, celebrity, speaker, chairman, CEO. You do a lot. In your words, tell me a little bit about what it is you do. Tell me about your business. Well, now I'm the chairman of the C-Suite Network, and we lead a platform for executives and brands to be able to amplify their content using content to be able to sell their company. So it's apropos in terms of our discussion today. We lead a company with 450 podcasts, 22,000 episodes, 50 million downloads, 72 television shows that we have, in addition to hundreds, if not thousands of books of authors and just any which way to be able to tell your story. And that's what we do. So we help people to amplify their story. So it's a trusted network. So where people can come together, share, learn, and cheer, and do a, get a little education, motivation, inspiration, and of course, a chance at monetization if you get engaged. I guess my first reaction is, holy crap, that's a lot of content. And second, we seem to have a lot in common. I am running a production business focused on B2B brands to help them produce podcasts, videos, social, all sorts of content as well. Looks like our businesses are somewhat similar. Yours just happens to be way bigger than mine. So give me some advice. Yeah, we partner with people like you and others. Listen, there's no difference between a business on Main Street and one on Wall Street. The only difference is the number of zeros behind the number. That's it. Well, I'd like more zeros if it's all the same. <laughs> and, and preferably at the end of the number, not at the beginning. I've been on both sides of that one. I'll tell you that. We're early days. We've been at this for five years. We're producing five or six podcasts given the day and... That's like we're doing 30 episodes a day with social and blog content, and we've got our formulas and automations and technology now where we're 
ready to pump out as much content as our clients can record and produce. And all this comes down to the idea of brands are now starting to become media companies. You can't rely on performance marketing the way that you used to in the heyday of Facebook. And now you need to get yourself out there in creative ways. So talk to me about why and how brands are acting like media companies. It's because they have to, because we're now in this world of select and deselect. You know, every message that comes to you or I, we're choosing to say, nope, don't want to watch it, not going to. And I even might even put a filter in to make sure that you never get to me unless you really jump through a lot of hurdles. And that's for all of us. And we're in the media business. So imagine people who aren't, because we at least have a passion for listening or watching or reading other people. For other people that are out there, they're putting all kinds of different ways to stop us from getting a message. Now, today, if you're a dry cleaner in St. Louis, you have to become the doctor of spots. You have to be seen as the person who's going to be called upon when you have grass stains, blood stains, whatever it might be, and you need to be able to produce content to let people know organically, because that's the best kind of content out there, to be able to say, hey, come look at me, because you want to be able to say, don't come look at me. Let me solve your problems. And by solving your problems, I'm much more effective in my message. And that's really what it's all about. The irony here is my last real job, my last W-2 paycheck was running the marketing department for a relatively early stage startup that was billed as the Uber for laundry and dry cleaning. So what was I doing? And this was probably six or seven years ago now, relying on Facebook to go find customers. And at some point it became increasingly expensive. And then I was packing up my things and hitting the bricks because I never figured out how to become the Spock of spots, if you will, if you're a Star Trek guy. We weren't able to crack the content code. The company's still doing fine, but I wasn't sticking around because I was too reliant on performance marketing. So there's this problem where you need to put yourself out there in various different ways, but producing content, as you and I both know, can be challenging, expensive, frustrating, and slow growing. So if you're a company that is trying to figure out how to get into media production, how do you solve some of the challenges when you're in the early stage of figuring out what type of content, where to put it, what format, how much to pay for it, and how to do it either in-house or outsourced? Well, all those things are going to depend about time, money, or expertise, right? And that's what you have to be able to answer first. But probably the biggest question I would say that you need to answer is what problem are you solving? Most people get into it because they think they just have to do it. And most people think they need to have huge numbers and you don't have to have huge numbers. It used to be a game of eyeballs and ears. It's not that game anymore. It's about hearts and minds. And so how many customers do you need to draw from or pull in in order to make it pay off? That's what one of the things you should probably back into and try to figure out. I would tell a lot of people that are authors, speakers, coaches, thought leaders, you got to pick a choice between fame or fortune. A lot of people go into it looking for fame. They look into it. This is going to make me famous. I'm going to have a lot of followers. And I tell people who are starting out, say, in podcasting, they're coaches, trainers, authors, and speakers, interview the people you want to do business with. And you'll convert a certain number of those every year. And let's say that that's a 20%. So if you do 50 podcasts once a week, you're going to be able to recruit on average about 20 people out of those interviews to be able to do business. Is that enough? Well, some people say, well, I want more. Well, you're going to do a better job selling those people that you're interviewing, because if you're not, then you probably just want to start increasing and do instead of one podcast a week, do two podcasts a week. But all again, depends on your money, time and expertise of what you want and what you want to accomplish. It's a numbers game. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. I'm going to break podcasting rules and I'm going to do something visual by showing what is written at the top of my notebook. It says podcasting as a networking channel. And that was written in big, bold font in pencil. Should have wrote it in pen at the top of my quarterly planning for what we're doing as a business where we pride ourselves on producing content that touches audio, video, social, blog. We can retarget the audience with performance marketing. We tend to be the most direct response-driven content producer, at least that I know of in the podcast space. And my realization at the beginning of this quarter is it's great to get the audience to your website. And that's really valuable for some brands that are doing direct response. But often what people want with a podcast is networking opportunities. What you're talking about is how do I have the conversation with the people I want to get to know to start that relationship? I can give you a couple of things. You know, first of all, a lot of people think podcasting is a destination. It's not. It's a tool. For some people, it's a destination. You know, if you got a show like mine, like all business, I started on CBS in the early days of podcasting, built that up through CBS radio, and then they decided to get out of the B2B side. So I took all that, started a new network called C-Suite Radio, and I started with 26 shows. Now I have 450 shows and will grow by 170% this year. But for most people, that's not the way to go about it, right? In terms of you want to be able to take a look at it in a different way. And I think you want to say, look, it's about utilizing it as a tool, which is exactly what you wrote at the top of that page, was to be able to use it in a way that's going to get you where you want to go. Let's imagine you're a professional speaker. I want to interview people that are going to hire me. I'm going to go out and interview lots of franchise organizations. I'm going to interview people that have conventions and meetings on an ongoing basis. I'm going to interview the head of sales because that person has two or three big sales meetings a year around the world. I'm going to make sure that I'm interviewing the head of the IMA, International Meeting Association, the Expo Association, the ASAE. And by the way, there's 50 different states and a lot of different local associations. That's what I'm going to go do. And as a result of 
our conversation, they're going to see, oh, you're a speaker. Oh, I don't know if you know this, but we are speakers. That's the big thing you want to do. And you want to be able to get that from the content that you're giving. Now, we've been talking about the networking power of media of, in our case, podcast creation. But there is also the media portion of this where you're getting people to consume your content and listening. How do you think about not only the networking, getting in front of the people that you want to have the conversation, but also turning the output of that, the content you're creating into something valuable for your brand? Well, you can certainly, if you're part of a network, I mean, if you're out there on your own, which a number of podcasts are, millions are, and that's okay, but you're in podcast purgatory. It's tough for people to find you. And you're paid by the number of listens or views that you get. And for most people, that's pretty tough. And so you're going to get the going rate, which is about seven to 10 bucks per thousand. If you're looking at advertising of any kind, whether it's programmatic or inserted, you could certainly get a sponsor or a title sponsor or segment sponsor. Those are things they can do it again, but you're going to have to have a fairly large following for that. But certainly programmatic, if you're part of any kind of network, you can get that programmatic. And depending on your audience, so if you're like at a group like the C-Suite Radio or C-Suite TV, we typically get triple what most other audiences do because of the kind of audience that we bring in. And we can aggregate that. So when I say 50 million downloads, we can get a premium of between 25 and say $50 for CPM. And of course, that's split with the host of that particular show so that you can monetize that. And there are lots of other ways to monetize, I said, as sponsors. And then one of the other most effective ways is how you chop that content up and then repurpose it. You want to be able to take snippets of the video, snippets of the audio, turn it into a blog, turn the summaries into a chapter in a book or, or a compilation of things. So at the end of the year, I always do my 10 best interviews, feature those again. At the end of every show, I end the show with, hey, what did I learn during that interview? And it's just my takeaway. And of course, I can pull all those together and make that a chapter of learning. So there's lots of different ways that you can chop this thing up. The value you can extract from turning your business into a media asset is multifaceted. There's networking. There's awareness building. You can do demand generation. You can monetize your content and create a second path of monetization for your business. There's all sorts of different ways that you can take it and you could repurpose your content as well to not just be focused, in my case, on audio. Turning audio into video, turning video into short form social content, right. writing a book, creating some sort of other asset. There's all sorts of different ways that you could take advantage of your media. Jeff, before I let you go today, any advice for people or brands that are starting to think about building that media asset? It's a very complicated portion of our business. How do you figure out where to start and what's the right flavor for your business? First of all, have a guide, have somebody that's been there before and done it. Not someone that gives you advice, but someone who gives you counsel because they've done it before. The other thing I'm going to tell you is this is not a short game. This is a long game. 50% of most podcasters fail before the first 10 episodes and another 48 fail before the end of the first year. This is something you want to look at. This is not just one year. It's two years. It's three years. But by sticking with that and building that content, they will come. They will be there and you'll build the right kind of audience that you want to reach. If you build it, they will come, but it might require a little bit of patience. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jeffrey Hazlett, the CEO of the C-Suite Network. Join us again tomorrow when Jeffrey and I continue our conversation talking about increasing your content's lifespan. 
If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jeffrey, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeffrey Hazlett. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. Or you can visit his company's website, which is hazlett.com, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T.com. Or you could visit csuitenetwork.com, that's c-suitenetwork.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even apply to be our next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.